0: You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Avram and I hope you enjoy this episode. I know you're waiting for our tagline, 40 years or of It's coming. First, if you own a retail business and accept credit cards, your customers are getting points, miles, and all sorts of rewards every time they use their card, and you're paying the price. That's why NRS Pay, a product of National Retail Solutions. A division of the IDT Corporation offers its cash discount program, FeeBuster. You can start accepting credit cards for free. If your business processes over $18,000 a month, you pay no monthly fee and $0 out of your pocket for transaction. This means you as a retailer can enjoy the benefits of accepting plastic and your customers still get those crucial miles they crave and need. NRS Pay FeeBuster provides every client with a free credit card reader, with no long-term contract, no early termination fee, cancel anytime without a penalty. I'm personally familiar with this company and they truly stand by their product and they'll help you with live stateside based customer service on any issue or question. Visit nrspay.com or call 833-289-2767 to learn more about NRS pay and the fantastically fair fee buster. And now. Emeritus Rex, forty years of. This is Emeritus Rex with Rabbi Ruben Yeshua Popko. Anniversaries, we say forty years of. This is the anniversary coming up, of course, of Shechirut Yerushalayim. Doing my math, it's fifty-six years since Shechirut Yerushalayim. We've talked a lot about uh, that war. We've talked about our memories of that war, what we did here in um, in America. We know Yerushalayim, of course, is, is, is Teosha Kol, It's the mount that everyone speaks about. Everyone's talking about. It's the ear that we're responsible for for the Binyan Sholim and our, tfilos and our benching. Let me ask you, let's start off. You know, can we have people like us who remember, uh, people who in Eretz Israel, who fought, whose children remember? Um, is it becoming blase? Yom Yerushalayim? Does it still have the same energy and power that it does? I, I spoke to Rosh Hashiva today in Eretz Yisrael of a a Hester yeshiva, and he said to me that Yom Yerushalayim is basically only celebrated by the Dati Lumi community at this point. The Chilonim don't really register Yom Yerushalayim almost at all. And he said a very interesting thing to me. He said part of it is because the left has generated a sort of a, a narrative where we should feel guilt over... That victory. And therefore, it's almost like we can't celebrate uh, the United Yerushalayim. I don't, I assume he's right that it isn't the national celebration it should be. What are your thoughts?
1: Uh, it's a very good, it's, it's a painful question in some ways. For the first 19 years of uh, the state's existence, we were in this bizarre limbo period or a or, or period of, uh, of transition where we had a land without. Um, without Jerusalem, where we had Zion without Zion. And the only one in that period, and I know this is ancient history to most, the only one in that period who kept emphasizing how unnatural and unjust that was, was Menachem Begin. You never heard speeches from the Religious Zionist Party uh, in the Knesset during those years, um, ho- hopeful of a reunited Jerusalem or, or advocating for reuniting Jerusalem. It was only Menachem Begin. Also, you and I are both old enough to remember the weeks leading up to the war. And I think if the fellow you spoke to is correct, one of the things missing is an appreciation in Israel and around the world for what everyone thought was going to happen in June of 1967. Because in May of 1967, every single night on the news, there were drumbeats of war. There were Arab leaders calling for the destruction of the Jewish state. There were driving Jews into the sea. I mean, I remember two weeks after the war, watching Meet the Press, and uh, Lawrence Spivak was the moderator in those days. And the king, king Hussein of Jordan was on the program, and he was asked, Your Majesty, why did you join the war? Because you may recall, others may recall, that leading up to the Six-Day War, uh, the king was uh, urged not to uh, get involved, and he uh, ignored those pleas. And uh, on Meet the Press in English, he answered honestly. He said, "We joined in order to drive the Jews into the sea." And um, people forget American Jewish leadership in May was on the phone. Were on they were on the phone with with uh, with Israeli leaders begging Israel to send children to America to right. save them from the war, a Kinder transport from Israel. Thousands of graves were dug in anticipation of casualties.
0: Right and. and- even the great, great Tzaddik, the Kleisenberger Rebbe, <laughs> got a visa and came back to America. This was, again, and he, of course, had survived the Holocaust. And maybe that's that was it. There was definitely uh, a type of idea that it's the second stage of the Holocaust, that we're all in Israel now, and here comes the Nazis' proxies that are coming, seven right. nations, 12 nations. I think officially, how many officially joined the war? Was it about 14. I think it was. Well,
1: again, Israel only really fought three armies, but under overwhelming odds against overwhelming odds, um, and uh, the opening hours of the war, I'll never forget. I remember as a kid, I was um, my uh, I was born in '58, uh, so I was just a few weeks short of my ninth birthday, and uh, I remember coming, you know, walking into the den. My father sitting in the, in the den watching television crying because everything we heard in the first hours of the war where that Tel Aviv was being bombed, the false reports from Arab Radio, Egyptian radio. And within hours we understood that we were on the verge of living through and witnessing a miracle of biblical proportions, uh, where three armies were uh were not just defeated, but Sinai came into Jewish possession, the Golan Heights, Judea, and Samaria. Uh, Jerusalem was reunited uh, against, again, enormous odds.
0: Right. And, right. And, and, and we've talked about this in the past, but since you are waxing uh, nostalgic, I think the event that was really overwhelming to hear about and was so incredibly uplifting was the, the, the destruction of the Egyptian Air Force. Uh, by the Israeli fighters who came in based on their intelligence reports, knowing exactly the moment when these guys had, after they'd done their maneuvers and were going into the coffee shop uh, to rest up. And almost immediately, uh, the whole Egyptian air force was strafed with, uh, the, with the, with and was destroyed. And basically, once Egypt could not send any planes and Israel won the battle of the sky, uh that front was pretty much over um and 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 I think people forget that that it wasn't just sinai uh you know hundred years earlier bismarck would have taken would have taken cairo you know what i'm saying right. any you, you've talked about the restraint that uh, that Israeli soldiers have can still show the restraint that Israel showed. Uh, In that war was incredible. And, you know, and many people, of course, like Mayor Kahan and others uh, bemoaned uh, the type of restraint that it showed. But I just want I I think it had been a war that was fought uh, and there, you know, with a different country in a different situation, uh, we would have annexed. Half of we would have annexed Egypt. You know, we would have annexed half of Egypt. That could have been, you know, that would have been the the, the pyramids would have had a, a Jewish kiosk right next to it, where you could, <laughs> you know. <laughs>
1: I think several things that have happened
0: uh, in Israel
1: to dampen the enthusiasm abroad, mainstream you know, amongst mainstream Israelis about celebrating Yom life is that it became too maybe too fixated on the reunification of Jerusalem and not the great victory of the Six-Day War. The the celebration needs to have a broader vision. And also, there's no question that the idea of holding on to Judea and Samaria, the West Bank, Jerusalem, has unfortunately been given a um, religious spin rather than a security spin, although that's changed a little bit since the Intifada. But you don't have Israelis advocating to give the Golan Heights to Hafez al-Assad's son Bashar. Um, but you do have Israelis upset about Judea and Samaria. And again, much less so than, than before, much less so than in the 1990s. But the reality is Golan Heights was sold on purely security grounds. Judea and Samaria uh, have been sold on religious grounds. Jerusalem, certainly on religious grounds. And Unfortunately, because of the politicization of religion in Israel, often the non-religious will embrace the position simply because it isn't the religious position. And had the security aspects of, 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 and, uh, and the necessity of holding on to that land been sold in, on security grounds more than on religious grounds, you may have had, maybe, you may have had a, a broader participation in the celebration of the Six-Day War.
0: Well, you know, I think another aspect of why it's sort of become out of vogue, I think there's been a, a whole series of essays, books from sociologists, uh, and even, I, I'm going to add, Revolve's uh, book, Shosyamim there was a hubris that developed that they, at least this is the idea, that the Israelis stopped being um, just this nation uh, that was, uh, you know, gung ho and fresh faced and moderate, uh, to be a nation that uh, believed and their own military might, uh, the hubris of controlling. Um, they for years had been so scared of the Arabs that now they position themselves as the Arabs tormentor and oppressor. And that's why so many people, I think, pointed to the events of the Six-Day War as not a victory, but as a somehow that, that led to the problems, perhaps, that they think Israeli society is still now. I don't subscribe to it, but I'm sure, Rabbi Pupko, well-read as you are, you probably heard these, or read these type of statements as well. Um, what Revolvo wrote was that, again, the the spiritual... Loss, uh, as we all know, uh, although we were just you know just little children, but we all know the potential for Achdus, the potential for Hisalus, the potential for recognizing the miracles of really coming together, um, bringing Mashiach that somehow that evaporated. That there were sections on in Yerushalayim where they said Halel. Of course, we know of Chaim Shmulevitz uh, famously said Halel. And explained to the bokhramoi. He talked about the miracles that occurred. He talked about the bombs that didn't go off. Um, and I think that uh, it's 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 a it's tremendous shod that this is a holiday that seems to be in decline. Uh,
1: I, I'm not sure I agree that it's in decline. I would say though, I want to address a couple of things you said. Number one, yes, the narrative, especially around the Yom Kippur War, six years later, is that. We were too full of ourselves, overconfident and arrogant. That led us to drop our guard and not to take the Arab threat seriously enough, which led to the vulnerabilities that led to too many reversals and casualties in the early stages of the Yom Kippur War. All right, that could be. But what also other people forget is the global impact of the Six-Day War. What I mean by that is uh, institutions like Esh Torah or Sameach, NCSY, the Chabad uh, success in Kirov. None of that would have happened without the Six-Day War. None of it. It's only because of the Six-Day War that we had the Kirov movement that uh, we uh, we experienced in the 70s, in the 80s, the widespread return of thousands and thousands of young people, traditional Jewish life. And that only happened because of resurgent Jewish pride in the aftermath of the Six-Day War. All right? Not, none of that would have happened. And the fact that the those, and I, when I use the word exploit, I don't mean it as a pejorative, those who exploited the opportunity given by Israel were themselves often non-Zionists or anti-Zionists, a certain irony, but the, the reality is that the Baltheva movement is a direct, direct result of the Six-Day War. It was the only thing that triggered it. The only thing that triggered it. The Sixteen War has exclusive rights on, 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 on the on, on the, uh, on the movement. Yeah, right. The other um, thing. That, the other yeah, thing well, that happened,
0: let me just let me just put in perspective for our listeners that are perhaps you know less than forty years old, because of the worldwide like incredible you know shock over the victory and the way it was. Uh, 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 described and also here's the thing almost positively in all media fronts other than just a few as positive for israel in other words israel stopped being this maybe type of state that just scra- scraggling through and made a wrong turn in the 1956 war with the french I, whatever I would
1: urge anybody who hasn't seen them to go back and look at the life magazine covers. don't even have to read Just look at the Life magazine covers in the weeks leading up to and following the Six Day War and you'll begin to understand the the enormous, enormous pride that every Jew had. Remember between sixty-seven and eighty-three, eighty-two I should say, in those years, between nineteen sixty-seven and eighty-two of sovereign shatila. There was not a single Jew in the world who would have called themselves a Zionist, practically. Right? It's only after the summer of and the, the rose, you know, the bloom came off the rose. And between before sixty-seven, you still had the, you know, the bizarre anti-Zionists in the non-religious world, even. And between sixty-seven and eighty-two was a golden period.
0: Right, but I'm, I'm I'm trying to zero in, and again, this is again, perhaps I'm it's not really that important, but I think you know, being a media savvy person, I think it's I'd like to bring that up. The disenfranchised Jew, the one who was being raised in suburbia, whose parents were completely secular, who somehow decided after their Ivy League education that they didn't want to go and join the Peace Corps, like Kennedy had urged a number of years earlier, but rather they wanted to take a trip or either be on a kibbutz or go to Eretz Israel and maybe go to the Western Wall— had to do with the fact that it wasn't so much the Jewish pride. It was the non-Jews saying, look how great the, what the Israelis did. They are tremendous. What an incredible country. What an incredible victory. And there was a lot of Arab bashing that went on. I remember watching it as a child on many of the uh, programs that I watched as a child. That the Arabs, for years, were the butt of all the jokes. That the Arabs were the losers who couldn't win anything, and that anybody walking around in an eye patch was this was this incredible, scary one. You know, type of general that could do anything. And I think that's part of the reason why the this disenfranchised. Totally secular American, Canadian, Australian, other Jews said, hmm, there must be something to this <laughs> all the nations were saying it, okay, yeah, it must be true because believe me, they were going to the Guru marishi up until that point, point. Right. these bali chuva that you were talking about were experimenting totally outside of 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 Judaism. The, it wasn't the fact that the Jews were beaming with so much pride. It's that everybody was beaming with Jewish pride. It was right. a, it was cool to be a Jew. Everybody loved the Jews. Okay, if everybody loves the Jews and loves Israel, now maybe I should discover what it's about.
1: No, but all again, it had a lot to do with the fact that 22 years after World War II, just 19 years after its creation, Israel was verge on the verge of annihilation, and. In six days, not a protracted conflict, in six days, Israel not only survives, not only vanquishes, uh, three armies, not only, you know, is able to, you know, uh, take territory from all three of their combatants, but reunifies Jerusalem, the pictures from the Western Wall. I mean, that was an incredible moment, an incredible moment. And, uh, And I would say it energized an entire generation. Also, by the way, besides the Valtruva movement and religious resurgence in North America and in Europe, you also, it was the trigger for the Soviet Jewry movement. You know, when I say the Soviet, I mean for Soviet Jews. Soviet Jewry movement had started a little bit earlier than that, but what energized Soviet Jews? Talk to Sharansky about how they listened to Radio Free Europe and getting the honest reports that uh, were unavailable in Pravda and Izvestia. Right? How they got the honest reports from what happened in Israel, and they said, Sharansky says it openly, and I've heard from other refusals. If Israel can fight, we can fight.
0: Yeah, and especially as we know, Russia was totally with uh, the with the with the Arab states, and uh, we know the type of support as it seemed like Israel was getting the upper hand. Uh, again russia was ready to uh, to resupply all the combatants against israel and i think that was the case in the 73 war as well uh, it's interesting how things sort of have altered with real politics today in terms of the way we stand with russia and the way we stand with the united states obviously with a ambassador for zionism like yourself uh what's happening you would assume that in Montreal something would be happening on Yom Yeah, what's do, what's uh, on, what's, what, what's on the dance card
1: we uh the souls get together we do a uh, Yom Yerushalayim Thursday night uh we uh, celebrate the the souls that still believe in god will say hallel uh heretical synagogues that deny the hand of god in history uh the hasidic uh, synagogues that are still steeped in ancient heresies will not observe it because they deny the hand of god in history one day we anticipate their repentance and return
0: to the traditional fold. But, um, you know, the black hat world. Um, so are, are you combining forces with other synagogues? Are you going to be doing, are you going to be having like a, a large convocation? I,
1: I, yeah, sure. So Thursday night, absolutely. So we'll get together, you know, at our local Colton Mission and doing our traditional slide service. I heard
0: about something in there, it's so-called Ricora de Galim, that they, they do some dancing with the flag. And that's going to be done on th- Thursday. Even in Eretz Yisrael, they're pushing it. They're being mocked in it because of Arab Shabbos. Right. So there's there's supposed
1: to be some, every year there's a flag march uh, as well. And that has triggered some violence in the past. Let's hope it doesn't happen this year. Although I think we're only broadcasting it. Anyway, whatever. Um, let's, hope, let's hope it went peacefully. Um, listen, you know, unfortunately, what you said at the beginning is true, that because of factors in Israeli politics, because of how the secular understand the Six-Day War or don't understand the Six-Day War, because of how the religious present, the Six-Day War possibly plays a role as well. Unfortunately, those who celebrate Yom Yerushalayim are generally from the religious crowd, the religious Zionist crowd. And uh, that's that's an unfortunate reality. And uh, what the cause of that is, I think, is, uh, is a little complicated and unfortunate. but. Um, it's become a religious. It's a religious holiday. I mean, as you as you as you said, there were men There are, there are religious Jews in Israel who will say Hallel on Yom Yerushalayim, but not on Yom Asmut.
0: I understand the Hallel on Yom Yerushalayim because it's Yom Shenasa right. I don't I don't deny that Kamasa Medina is the Hashkocha and it's the Yad Hashem. I just don't know if it's Hayir. Hey, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if that date that they sat and, and 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 signed their declaration. Was a miraculous day, uh, t- to me, you know, I'm sort of like a, you know, I'm a traditionalist. Can you point to a certain day? Yes, I can point to these days as days of miracle, uh, and therefore I'm I'm a very big chassid of saying Halel on yom uh, on yom Yerushalayim. And uh, it's 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 un, like you say, unfortunate that so many people do not realize that as much as they daven for Yerushalayim consistently and have your Yerushalayim on their lips.
1: No, they, no, they they they're, they're christ They just don't believe in the Yadish Seven history.
0: Yeah, well, like I guess I think people don't even register. actually. That's
1: not true. That's not true. They do believe in Yadish Seven as it relates to the murder of six million. That they that that they hang on God. But uh, you know, yeah. a miracle yeah. like Yerushalayim, they, they 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 think came back through other fools forces, I guess.
0: When we recorded our last episode, and now, of course, uh, because of our great editors that are in uh, Eretz Yisrael, by the way, let me just say, and I know Rabbi Pupko agrees that uh, we've been on the air for quite a bit. We're trying to upgrade the quality. Obviously, our conversation is always stellar. Rabbi Pupko is gold, even when he's drunk. There's nothing nothing sad (laughs) about him. But the point is, is that we do appreciate and if you listeners want this program to continue and you want us to be able uh, to edit this program properly and to be able to get it out to you on time you know write to me at ravkiv at gmail.com and i will tell you how you could support this program and make sure that we're asking program...
1: for money and we've never done this before yes
0: we are asking for money that is exactly. i think everyone should at.
1: take money should i give out my home address as well or
0: I see, I see. Um, yes, if you want, you can send money to Rabbi Pupko himself. On
1: Venmo or PayPal, you can yes. do it.
0: And Rabbi Pupko will make sure <laughs> that it goes to the to the production of this program. And anyway, my point I'm trying to make is, is that there's a now a lag time between when we record and when the show drops. I used to I used to, you know, in my own primitive way, try to uh, edit the program very quickly. And it did not have the same type of snappy element and sound that it now does. So that being said.
1: But we're nothing. It's not snappy.
0: Yes. Support the program. Support the program and keep us going. Keep Emeritus Rex on the air. Uh, Keep keep the Rex Emeritus. But the thing is that I wanted (laughs) to say, um, last time when we spoke, Trump had not had his town hall I guess triumph, right? I did not see it, but I'm sure I'm sure you saw clips, right?
1: I saw a lot of clips, yeah. Listen, he was at the top of his game. He was riding high. He doesn't care what anybody says. He doesn't care what's true. He just says and listen, the problem is that no matter what you think about his character's his behavior, what he says, whatever, he certainly looks much more vigorous than Joe Biden. <laughs> you know
0: I heard some pretty funny clips, too. He was quite like I said, I would never want this person as a neighbor, much less as, you know, as someone that I had a connection to. But, you know, you talked about last week and in previous weeks about how, you know, unless he's derailed, uh, the Republicans are going down. It seems like this town hall uh, might propel him uh, once again to. uh locking up the, the nomination, which is pretty incredible. You know, one television appearance can can do that.
1: Unless something bizarre happens. I believe he will, in fact, uh, win the Republican nomination. I don't know. I mean, I was when we spoke last, I was very confident he could never win an election. I'm less confident in
0: that. All right, my friend, we shall hopefully catch. You. I know you're on your way uh, within a, w- a little bit over a week. You will be in to throw yourself. I'll be in Poland and Israel, yes. Poland and Israel. So I hope you will like grant us, uh, as a roving reporter, the chance to reflect uh, with on your wisdom. I'm, I'm, I'm basically being kind of you as much as I can here. And your wisdom, uh, your insights, um, your ruminations. You'll share them with us at least once on your on your trip there. I hope so. I will. that. Right. hope so. Yes. Okay. Right. Take care, everybody. Be well.